Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God which engages us is just one verse in our gospel lesson for today, Luke 10, verse 42. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken from her. Thus far the text. Dear friends in Christ, it's easy to be critical of Martha in our gospel lesson for today. She seems to always be criticized for being the one that, as Luke put it, was distracted with much serving, while her sister Mary sits there attentively listening at the feet of Jesus. But Martha really wasn't doing anything wrong. In fact, in Middle Eastern culture at that time, showing hospitality to a guest meant honoring them, respecting them. It was Mary's way of, Martha's way rather, of showing her love and her devotion for her Lord. She wasn't doing anything bad or wrong, in fact, quite the opposite. And so sure was she that she was right, that she became angry that her sister Mary was not helping her. And she confronts Jesus with the fact that she's doing all of the work and wanted Jesus to intervene and tell Mary to help her with some of that work. But Jesus sets a different set of priorities for that house when he is there. Instead of serving, he suggests listening. He responds, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled in many things. But only one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken from her. It really is a matter of priorities, isn't it? While it is great to be serving the Lord, we also have a Lord who wants to serve us. Who wants to speak to us through his word. And that word is a living, active word that the Holy Spirit uses to create faith, to strengthen and sustain faith, to give us comfort and encouragement and peace and strength and joy. That's why it is the one thing necessary. As Jesus said elsewhere, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And Martin Luther also wanted the people of his day to have that one thing necessary. In his day, Hebrew, Greek, and Latin were the only languages that the Bible was available in. Think if that were the case today. How many people would be able to read the Word of God? Many people would have to just simply rely on people who knew those languages to tell them what the Bible actually said. And that's the way it was back in Luther's day. Until he translated both the Old Testament and the New Testament into German. That combined with the invention of the printing press caused an explosion of the Word of God. Now the people in Germany would have the one thing necessary 
in their own language. And Luther also desired very much that children also sit at the feet of Jesus by sitting at the feet of their parents in the home. Back in 1528, Luther made a visitation of the territory of Saxony in Germany, and he was appalled by what he found. Pastors who couldn't even recite the Lord's Prayer, one pastor who had lost his Bible in a fire and hadn't bothered to replace it. So in 1529, Luther wrote the small catechism, the same small catechism that we still use today in instructing people in the Christian faith. But that small catechism was designed to be used in the home by parents who teach their children. In fact, each of the six chief parts in that catechism begin with the statement, as the head of the household shall simply teach the members of his household. For Luther also, that one thing necessary, sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening to his word, was something he dearly desired for children, as they would sit at the feet of their parents. And it was there also in our Old Testament lesson for today, if you picked it up, God gives his word to his people and he commands them, teach these words diligently to your children and speak of them as you sit in your house and as you walk along the way. This living, active word of God, this one thing that is necessary, was always intended by God not to be a once-a-week thing when we are here, but rather to be a daily occupation in our homes and in all of our activities. Well, back to our gospel lesson and back to Martha. In spite of all of her distraction and all of her serving, she did know the one thing necessary. How do we know that? Jesus returned to that same house sometime later. It was near the end of his three-year earthly ministry, and the occasion for his coming was the death of Lazarus, the brother of Mary and Martha, who was a good friend of Jesus, as was Mary and Martha. And as Jesus approached that house this time, Martha met him and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And Jesus responded by saying, your brother will rise again. And Martha said, I know he will rise in the resurrection of the last day. And then Jesus gave one of his most precious promises in responding to Martha. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, even though he die, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. And then he asks her the question, do you believe this? And Martha, in response, gives one of the best confessions of faith in all of Scripture. Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. In spite of all of her serving and all of her busyness, we have the assurance that Martha also knew the one thing necessary. You and I also 
have been blessed by knowing the one thing necessary as a result of God's working in our lives. And we, like Martha, have a lot of daily activities that keep us occupied. Some of those are ways that we directly serve God. Some of them perhaps indirectly, more indirectly serving God. But all of them good, praiseworthy activities. And especially with those of you raising small children today, I can't imagine how you keep it all straight. Compared to 30 years ago when my wife and I were raising our son Nathan, between sports and drama and music and all the other extracurricular activities, I know it can become pretty chaotic some days. In the midst of all of these activities, however, there is the danger that the one thing necessary might be called out or separated out from our daily activities. And of course we know that Satan is only too happy when something like that might happen. When our lives do become separate from that continued uh, combination and exposure to the Word of God in our lives. Yet even when that happens, we have a Savior who continues to invite us daily to come and sit at His feet, to return to Him and learn from Him, even if it has been days or weeks or even longer since we have been there. And that's because we have a Savior who earnestly desires nothing more than our eternal salvation. He proved that by coming here and taking away the separation of sin between us and Him, reconciling us to Him once again, giving us life, new life, abundant life, and eternal life. And so this morning, I would encourage all of us to think about that one thing that is necessary in our lives, the precious Word of God. And I would ask us to think about our daily schedules. All of those things that are good and praiseworthy in our lives, are there any things that need changing in our lives as we go about that daily routine, day in and day out? And I would add that there are many great resources to bring you that one thing necessary in your life. Print resources and electronic resources. If you have need of any of these, either talk to me after the service today, email me, give me a call, text me, whatever it might be, and I'll be happy to help you in that search. You know, last month I was talking with someone who admitted to me that they hadn't really done much reading the Bible in their life, and they wanted to grow in their faith and in their understanding of God's Word. And this person asked me a very good question. Where do you even begin? And I suggested, just begin by reading one of the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Just a couple paragraphs a day. And then right after that, go to God in prayer about whatever it was in that reading that impacted you or about whatever else might be on your heart or your mind at that time. It's that simple. 
You know, if we think about Martha's attitude in our gospel lesson for today, perhaps it would be summarized, don't just sit there, do something. And if we think about Mary's attitude, it might be, don't just do something, sit there. Sit there and listen to what the Lord has to teach you. Sit there and be strengthened in your faith at the feet of Jesus. Sit there at the feet of Jesus and hear what he would say to you. May God encourage all of us in this coming week and in the days beyond this week to focus on that one thing necessary in our lives. And may he grant it for Jesus' sake. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding guard our hearts and our minds in this one true faith unto life everlasting. Amen. The Lord's offering is now received.